a great song, isn't it? Be my vision. Thank you. You may be seated. Those are those are three great songs we sang this morning, and um, Fred and I worry about those all the time. But um, because they shut us off if they're they think it's copyrighted and everything, so I chose three songs that were public domain. <laughs> so, so hopefully they're happy with that, you know, and um, everything is okay. Um, happy Father's Day, everybody, here in church and at home. Wherever you're at, I hope you have a blessed time with your family today. Um, if you have your Bibles with me, with you, turn to Genesis chapter 3. And um, just leave it open there. Don't shut up. We'll be there for quite a while this morning. Okay, so you ready? You need to write this down. Yeah. All of you, all of you that take notes, you want to write this down. I'm going to give you the, how many words did you say? 15 words? I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them to you, and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to take about uh, ten thousand words to say what I wanted. To, those, it's like this: um, temptation will take you uh, much farther than you want to go, and it will cost you much more than you want to pay. Amen. Okay, we can go home. <laughs> that's the main point of what I want to share with you this morning. Because that's what I, you know, there were so many things to talk about in, in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And, and uh, all that's going on there is just, it's fascinating, fascinating everything that's happening there and how it's coming about. But my feeble mind got stuck on, on the whole issue of temptation. Of temptation and the, the dreaded aftermath that happened. Um, when I say that to you. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Adam and Eve had exactly what we want today, what we desire today more than anything. Uh, if you take Psalm 27, 4 to heart, if you take that psalm to heart, the, I'm, I'm literally, I, I'm asking for one thing and one thing only, and that's to be in your presence, God. To be in your presence and, and I'm going to just sit there and behold your beauty and I'm going to soak in your knowledge and, and be there. And, and um, literally it's the perfect getaway for our hearts to be in the presence of God. And Adam and Eve had that. Had that, didn't they? <laughs> and then they blew it for all of us. And we fight today. We fight today as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we fight today to stay in that presence of God. Because of this world that we live in, the dreaded aftermath of the temptation that hit them. Let's read our scripture this morning. It's up there on the wall. Let me read it with you, okay? Um, when they, uh, the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. This is verse 8. That's verse 9. Well, so they hid from the Lord. Oh, golly, Neds. Can you imagine? Oh, gosh. Don't we hide from the Lord today? Mm. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And then the, God, the Lord God called to the man and said, Hey, <laughs> where are you? He replied and he said, Oh, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. Why? I was thinking naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked God. Have you eaten from the tree? I like this. 
listen to this, you know, listen to this. Um, Listen to the question and then listen to the answer. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? No. Yes. They didn't answer. I, uh, it was the woman. And then look at this. It wasn't just the woman. It was your fault, God. <laughs> you gave her to me. Tim. <laughs> who, gave you the, who gave me the fruit? And yep, I ate it. She told me to eat it. I ate it. Paul, remember that this week coming up, okay? Do what she says. That nurse you got, you know? Oh, then the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? Huh? Did she answer him? No. She says, it wasn't my fault. The serpent, he deceived me. That's why I ate it. I love it. Don't you just love it? See, we could spend forever right there. We could spend forever, and what brings us to that point? But that is the word of God for all of his people today. Thanks be to God. Wow. As the serpent um, talks to Adam and Eve, you and I, we get to see the conversation point by point and understand what's happening and actually, if we really look at it closely, it's a, an in-depth study on the science of temptation. The science of temptation. And I hate to tell you this, but it hasn't changed. It still rings true today. This same thing happens. Temptation hasn't changed. All of these years, it's still there. The only difference today is that the curtain is torn down and we can be in the presence of God again. Amen? No. Um, let me give you three, three things that happened that draw us to the dreaded aftermath of what we see today. And it's all about the, um, the serpent tempting Adam and Eve. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crazy. I wonder how long this took in the process. These three things I don't think happened one second after another. I think it might have happened years, probably more years than we could ever imagine. How many years do you think it would take to tempt somebody so much that they would disregard everything and do what the, the temptation said? Do what the principalities and powers of this world that we fight against, that struggle against us every day. And how many years do they do that and then finally, we give in to it. I don't think Adam and Eve did this. And it wasn't in as few short verses that we see. It, it might have been what we would call generation after generation. It might have been 40 years or 80 years or a million years. Who knows? All we know is that one day, temptation won. And it cost Adam and Eve and all of humanity much more than they wanted to pay. And it took them places they didn't want to go. I can tell you that. So the first thing that happens in temptation, if you look at this really closely, is that the principalities, Satan, the serpent, however, whatever you want to call them, they cause us to question what God says. They cause us to question God 
and what he says. The temptation begins with this. uh, Did God really say that if you eat this, you'll die? Did he really say that? Is it really that, you know, that's what we hear. Is it really, here's what we hear today. Is it really that bad if you do this? God said, don't do it. But is it really that bad? When I say to Claire, don't fall out of the truck, she gets in the bed of the truck all the time, and I'll say to her, don't fall out. And she'll look at me and she'll say, Grandpa, I know that. I said, I know, but I want you to remember, don't fall out. Because if you fall out and hit your head and hurt yourself, I'm in a lot of trouble. Because sometimes she's not supposed to be there. Is it such a terrible thing if we tear our children down? God says don't. Is it really a bad thing to yell at them, call them stupid? Some of the things that most kids remember is their dad or their mom tell them they'll never amount to anything. You know? They remember that forever. Is that such a bad thing? No. No, everybody does that. Is it such a bad thing to lie to people that you know and, and, and <laughs> you know, don't want them to know the truth? That's not too bad, is it? And temptation says, no, it's not, because God's not really, you know, there in that point. It's other things, bigger things than that. Oh, it's okay if I go out and get hammered every once in a while, huh? You know? You know what I mean by hammered, don't you? Go out and get loaded and get drunk. Get stoned, whatever it may be, you know? That's not really that bad. I want to tell you the first step in in temptation is that you get to say this. I wrote it down here right in bold print so I would remember it. Is this really one of God's rules? And if it is, he's wrong. Did you hear that? That's what temptation wants us to say. Is this really one of God's rules that we should hang on to? The woman said to the serpent, We may not eat from the fruit in the tree and uh, from the fruit of the tree in the garden. For God said you must not eat from it, because the moment that you do that, the moment you touch it or eat not even eat it, but the moment you touch it, you will die. You will not certainly die. Remember the story in verse 3 and 4 up there? You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you touch it, you'll become just like him. That's why you can't touch it. It's not that you will not be okay. You, you, will, you will not die. You will be fine. You'll just be smarter hmm, and wiser. You'll be like God. God really didn't mean it, you know, and then we come, we come along and say, okay, I, if God really said this, it, I don't think it's really true. A uh, law for me might be for somebody else. And if it is a law for somebody else, I think it's even wrong for them. When we get to that point, we should be, we should be conscious of our thoughts and, and saying, oh, God, forgive me right away. But that's what happens to us, whether we want to believe it or not. We contradict God and say and question what he says about things in this world. Um, Think about it. Think about that one just a little bit because the second one is just as bad. We not only question what God says, 
but we just flat out contradict it. When Satan looked at, looked at Eve and said, I'm telling you right now, you won't die. That's a big statement, isn't it? That's a powerful statement that he says, that he says, I can tell you right now, you won't die. And he knows it from, from his own situation in life, being ousted out of heaven. He knows that you won't die. You just won't get what you want anymore. But he's going to make sure that you don't get it neither. Ah, temptation is so bad. Um, this is what happens, I think. Um, the voice, that voice in our head, that whatever that you want to call it, the principalities and power of Satan, that voice will whisper in your ear, will whisper in your ear, truly, if you do this, nothing will happen bad. If you do this, don't worry about it. The consequences aren't, they're made up. You're not going to die. You're not going to have troubles. You're not going to, it's not going to cost you anything. To do. In fact, this, if you do this, here's the contradiction. If you do this, God, the, the whisper in your, in your ear says to you, you'll be much better off than most people. You'll be in charge. You'll be in charge. <laughs> you get to call your shots. And that's the enticement enticement I could spend for a long time just on this fact of contradicting God and what he does in our lives that he gives us these these um, um, commands it's sort of like our kids you know we give them don't touch that don't touch that up there that that pan is hot and they always listen right They always listen. I always listen to what Phyllis Ann says to me. <laughs> I got it. Are you ready for a story? Uh, the story just came to me. Uh, I'm sorry, honey. By the way, I'm sorry. Uh, one day, Phyllis Ann, uh, in this uh, parsonage we lived in, had a, she had a big garden, and, and we had um, uh, um, a lot of brush, you know, you know what I mean, Freddie? A lot of brush. And, and, and um, it was getting pretty big. And so I said to Phyllis Ann, I said, I'll burn that for you. She said, she said, she looked at me and pointed her finger. Oh, boy, Tim. She pointed her finger and she said, don't you do anything with that brush. Well, she left and did something. And I thought, okay, I'll go out and burn this down. I'll show her that I can do it. So, so I took a five-gallon can of gas. Well, no, I didn't know. I'm stupid, you know. I took this five-gallon gallon of gas out there, and I dumped it all over this great big pile of gas, of weeds and brush and everything, you know. And then I went and got the, the thing because I made a little path with the gas. <laughs> I know, it gets worse. It gets worse. Hang on. So, so I lit that gas. And poof, everything. And uh, my eyebrows were gone. <laughs> and my, my, my sides of my hair was gone. And I smelled funny. You know, I smelled like I burnt flesh. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, that wasn't good. So I snuck back up in the house because Phyllis was probably getting ready to come home by the time I got this all done. I walked back in the house and I cleaned up as best as I could. And sure enough, she came in and she looks at me and she says, what did you do? I Nothing. I answered the question, though. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and she looked out back and she says, I'm telling you, you, you're lucky to be alive. 
because she's looking at my face, you know, my face is all no hairs or anything. And, and I listen to her always. Love. God says, love your enemies. We do that, don't we? We do that all the time. Amen? God said, love your enemies. I wonder if he means that's a, that's a choice. Because many of us don't love our enemies. Amen? Come on, let's be honest. Many of us have problems with family members, don't we? You know, Aunt Ethel. Woo! I hope she's not coming to the reunion on July 4th weekend. <laughs> Christine, I'm telling you. If she comes, I'll have to hug her. I know it. Because God said, love all your enemies. I'll have to hug her. Okay. The problem with this contradicting God is the truth of the matter is we're saying, God, we're right, you're wrong. You see how it takes you farther than you want to go? And it stops you from doing things that you want to do. This temptation does. God said that. And we say, no, he didn't really mean it. And even if he did say it, he's wrong. That's what we're saying. Temptation wants you to question what God has said, contradict what God has said, and then, when we're most vulnerable in our lives, temptation wants you to do nothing more than ponder it. There's where the everything lies, I think. The pondering of that. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and for pleasing to the eye, she also was desirable for gaining wisdom, so she took some and ate it. Now, my thought process is, how long did she think about that? How long did she ponder as she walked in that garden with God, with Adam, how many times did she walk by that tree and see the beauty of it and understand what God had said about it, and then day after day, after everything was done, she would sit there and ponder that, and say, oh, I think I could use some of that. Oh, Lordy, that would be good. That's what gets us in trouble, I think. I think the desire for gaining wisdom, to becoming just like God, was too much to overcome. Now, we don't have that problem in our day, do we? of thinking about doing th- something that the principalities, that devil whispered in your ears. He doesn't have too much to get me with. It's just a short list of three or 4,000 things. But the top of the list is ice cream. For me, it's ice cream, you know. Um, we used to live in a, in a town, and I was as close as the IGA was from the Dairy Queen. And they knew me by first name. They knew my truck when I pulled in. You guys don't have this problem, do you? And sometimes I would just pull in because Phyllis Ann said I couldn't have any ice cream. And I would pull in and they'd say, Pastor, what do you want? I said, nothing, I'm just driving by. Can I come to the window and smell a little bit? They'd open the window for me. And I would give in sometimes. I thought when you bought that pack of Buster Bars, there's three of them in a pack, right? I thought you ate them all that night. I mean, why would you keep them and not be able to have to go 
to the or to the Dairy Queen again. <laughs> I can't eat ice cream now, so it's really a burden on me. I, I've been going over to this um, new meat market um, over there on fifty. Yeah, McConnell's. Thank you. I've been going over there. You know they have um, ice cream from down there in Worcester, from that farm. What's the name of Hartzell's? Hartzell's. Have you all seen that Hartz? If you haven't had any Hartzell's ice cream, you need to go get some. <laughs> it is really good. The first time I went there, I, I, I um, Phyllis Ann had to go to the bathroom, so we didn't have time to get it, and I left without it. I'm okay. The second time I went over, I had it in my I had it in my grubby hands. Now, I wasn't going to eat all of it. They only come in those little pine things. I wasn't going to eat all of it. I said to the woman, do you have a spoon? <laughs> it's a long ways home, you know. So I had to wait a while for some things that I ordered, and, and the ice cream started to melt, and the lady said, oh, you better put it back in the freezer. And doggone, didn't I walk out without it? It's like Emerson said. We become what we think about all the time. So I'm just a big peanut butter fudge ice cream sundae. Uh, the process, the process, my friends, is not difficult. It's, it's um, not rocket science. It just is questioning God, contradicting God, and thinking about all that you want to do all the time. Verse 6 of chapter 3. We hear that she took some of it and ate it. And then she also gave some to her husband, who was with her when he got it, if you listen to that. He was with her. The dreaded consequences happened immediately there. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig tree leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The result of the things that we think we're going to get, the, the wisdom, the um, authority, the power, doesn't come. Only shame comes. And if you listen to the story real closely, Satan has nothing more to do with it. He's done what he wanted to do. He gets his uh, dreaded aftermath along with Adam and Eve. Things in life for them take an ugly turn, doesn't it? Takes an ugly turn. In verse 23, the Lord God banished banished, um, Satan from the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve from um, everything that was going good in their lives to having to work hard to get the weeds out of the ground that weren't there before and to have a baby. Giving in to temptation, my friends, if we don't hear anything in this story than this, is it takes you farther than you want to go and it costs you a lot more than you want to pay. So what's the answer for us today then? The answer for us is simply this. We need to live our lives in Christ. We need to live our lives in Christ and grab a hold of the simple fact that we are all sinners We will fall. We will come up short. We will miss it. Romans says we have all sinned and gone astray like everybody else. Nobody's nobody's without sin today. Nobody's without giving in to that temptation. 
nobody is free from that because we ponder it and we contradict God and we question God. And then we say it's okay and we do that thing and then we say, oh, shoot. And the great thing of it is, is we have the ability to say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for that. Give me another opportunity and I will do better, I pray. I'll do better, I pray. The answer to the temptation dilemma that we live in, that it will never go away, if you think it will, if you think it will, If you think it will, you're wrong. I, uh, uh, let me share this with you. Just, uh, I'm a drug addict. You need to know that. I've been a drug addict for 50 years. And if you think I don't have temptations today to go and, you know, just uh, when I was in Oregon where marijuana is so free, you know, I want to tell you, and my sister had it in her house and everything, and, and they use it for, I, th- I think, medical reasons now. Uh, and I think that's good that you can use it for medical reasons. But I wouldn't use it for medical reasons. I'd use it to get stoned. If you think that temptation isn't alive today as much as it was 50 years ago, you're wrong. An alcoholic, a drug addict, anything that you do, sex addict or whatever it may be, you fight that battle every day of your lives. Phyllis Ann has lived with a nutcase for 50 years almost. You know what I mean? And she has endured well with it. I'm telling you, friends, if you think that you're not vulnerable to temptation, that's when Satan has you. We need to be so enthroned in God. And, and know that we can have that life in Christ that says, okay, I'm going to mess up, but know that it's okay. He won't throw us away. He won't put us aside. And today, one of the reasons, the main reasons I don't give in to all these temptations in my life with the drug world is because I wouldn't do that to fill us in. I wouldn't do it to my kids. I, I wouldn't do it to you. Because here I am saying, don't do that. It's against God's will in our lives. And I wouldn't do it to Jesus Christ. I I just can't do it. Amen? Because of what he's done for me. Because of what Phyllis has done for me. What my kids have done for me. And what you have done for me. Amen? The answer is to live our lives in Christ. And he'll help us overcome it. Let's not become weak. And think that it's okay. Let's go to the throne together. Let's pray and ask God to be with us in this time. God, we're just thankful right now for your love and your grace in our lives. And for those things that tempt us, we pray that you'd, we can't get by by ourselves. So we need that Holy Spirit. We pray that you would then strengthen us and give us the strength, the ability to, to win that victory. Even if it's only for a short time, to win it. When we do falter, if we falter, when we falter, whatever it is, help us to know for sure that you won't throw us away. You love us no matter what. And we thank you for that today. Help us to take you for your word. 
Help us not to think that we have a better plan. God, be with us today is our prayer. Be with our friend Barbara. And she takes care of her sweetheart. And we pray for Fred today and pray that if this is his time, we want what's best for him. We just lift that situation up to you, Lord, today. And all the things that are on our hearts, we surrender to you. And we ask your blessing upon them. We love you, Lord. And we, we worship you today in spirit and truth. I pray that these words we've said today would be more than just words, but they would be something we would react to and respond to. Help us to seek to live our lives in you our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. For these prayers are offered in his name today. And all of God's children said, Amen. Well, let's stand together and um, let's sing this song that Fred has for us today. Again, um, this closing, closing song and, and um, cherish this time, okay? <laughs>